Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, it's the long-awaited return of the pod. Some might say we even have a new body. I need a new podcast. I need a new podcast. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You know everybody missed your singing. So we're back. It's been a while. It's been a long minute. It's been... Quite a while. How long has it been? When was our last episode? Do you Ooh, know? The last thing we dropped was my Cody meets Matt. Oh, yep. And yep. before that, the Survivor Philadelphia finale. When was that? I feel like November-ish. Hmm. Okay. So it's been like three mm-hmm. months. Okay. Which, okay. Honestly, not as long as I felt like it has been. It feels like it's been like six months since we've podcasted. It feels like it's been like 10 years. Since oh my we've God. Since before we even started dating. <laughs> um, so I feel like before we jump into today's episode, Splash. we should do a little bit of house cleaning, a little bit of addressing a few things, some catching the listeners back up to where we are in life in general. Yeah. I don't even know what we've updated them on. Oh, okay. Then, well, Surviving Maine, it's been a hot fucking... It's been a whole year. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long since we've done Surviving Maine. We've been married. They know we're married. I think they know we're married. And there's now a third podcast host, Fossey the Cat. On Halloween, we found a stray cat and took it in and named her Fossey. She ran in front of our car. We almost murdered her. Yes. She didn't die. <laughs> we didn't hit her. Tried to see if anyone owns her. She no was one very, very her. sick. Yeah, she had three types of worms and mold in her ears and ear mites. And yeast infection in her ears and... She was not A fixed. protruding umbilical, umbilical cord. cord. And beyond the stomach worms also had a bacterial infection in her stomach. It's a hot fucking mess. So $1,000 later, we have a healthy cat. Yay! It's more like... $3,000 later, but it's fine. Fosse, the dancing cat, named after Bob Fosse. Yes. Naturally. If you don't know who that is, stop listening to our podcast right now. Well, we don't want you. No, it's okay. You can keep listening. Mm, we don't want you. It's a lot of people you're telling not to listen to the pod. Mm, we don't want you. Listen, pause the podcast. Go watch Sweet Charity. Start there. No, no, no. Go watch Pippin on Broadway. And then get back to us. All right. So that's that. Mm-hmm. We also, a few months ago, teased that we were going to be covering Survivor New York, and then we missed the premiere and the first like four episodes. We'll get there. We 
had to, only Maine could bring us back. Yes. Only the sweet, dulcet tones of Maine and the host, all those people, Taylor's music. That's all that could get the pod back. I mean, needed. But now that those pod gears are rolling, we're also going to cover Survivor New York. Okay, cool. The schedule is, don't know what day we're going to drop episodes, but we're going to do covering Maine. Two episodes at a time. Yes. Y'all are being fucking bitches and dropping two episodes in one week. I don't know what the fuck the trend is with current modern Survivor needing to drop more than one episode a week. I'm looking at you, Survivor Australia, four episodes a week. I still don't know who fucking won because we didn't watch the last four episodes of the season. Was that Australia or South Africa that we bailed Maybe it was out South of? Africa. We yeah. bailed out of But they were also doing multiple fucking episodes a week. Taylor or Liza apparently also caught that bug and two episodes a week. So we're going to do two at a time. And then we're also going to begin coverage of New York within the week. So you'll hear two Survivor International apps a week. One here is covering Maine. One over there covering New York because my podcast host has twisted my arm. That's right. Ow. I'm twisting it right now. Ow. Ow. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You've gotten more tattoos. I've gotten more tattoos. I've gotten more tattoos. Jacqueline was awarded Minnesota Economic Educator of the Year. Yeah, true that. Damn. I'm an award-winning educator, motherfuckers. Damn. Damn. Jacqueline also began a vegan baking company. I mean, that was going on. Well, I guess, no, it's been a fucking year. Yeah. That was not not going on last time we covered me. Fuck Yeah. I think when we were podcasting last, we hardly spoke about your baking. No, not at all. I feel like there were, it's like podcasting ended and baking ramped up and the two really didn't intersect. Well, here's what I'm going to say, Maine. If any of you come and follow me on Instagram. Mrs. E's teacher treats. I will send you a baked good in the mail. Shit. I haven't mailed my baked goods but I will fucking mail you some baked goods. Fuck. The first one of y'all to follow me. Damn. Damn. Now, as a podcast, we are notorious about promising people we're going to send them things. <laughs> I apologize to Kylie and Isaiah. <laughs> Your packages are in the mail, I promise. They're See, coming. See, but this is coming from my business. Sure, sure. This will come. And it will be delicious and vegan. Yes. Yeah. Don't knock it till you try it. My child is now in high school. Oh, God, that's terrifying. They turned 15 a few days ago. Also terrifying. Crazy stuff. Um, Anything else? Anything pod related? I'm teaching or... from home. Yeah, we both work from home. That's terrifying. Wear a mask. Um, Get your shots. Get your shots. Be boosted. Boost. Um, Yeah. What about Survivor? Hmm. We, we don't really watch Survivor anymore. <laughs> it's kind of sad. I'm not the biggest fan of current American CBS Survivor. The last few seasons really were <laughs> for me. I do still appreciate International. We are going to cover UK season two within the year. And maybe we'll get a VPN and cover South Africa or Australia or maybe a past season that we haven't watched from South Africa. Maybe. Remember when Amanda Hoosen came on the podcast? Oh, I do. I do fucking remember when Hoosen was on the pod. 
Damn. Damn. Okay. okay. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to fill the listener in on? I think it's time to go back on down to Maine. Up. Up. Over. There, over and up. Up and that. over. We live at the top of the country. I know, but they're even topper than our top of the country. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think so, because they're like Rhode Island. I mean, they're Maine. Listen, here's the thing. When I say <laughs> I'm going down to blank, it's not a geographical <laughs> statement. It's more of a, a state of mind. Going okay. on down to Maine country. <laughs> Whoopie pie country. Oh. And in case oh. you were wondering, for hardcore fans of the pod. Serafina's still popping the fuck off. Well, no one, hopefully, like, <laughs> most people are like, what the fuck does that mean, Serafina? <laughs> uh, Whoopie week will be returning this year. Yeah, second week in April. First full week of April. Tweet at us at Survivor Pod. Wait, what is our Survivor Twitter? Cast? Hold no. on, no, our Twitter handle is at survivor pod international i think that's it find us on twitter and tweet at us whether we should cover whoopee in the 80s this year or whoopee on television mm. and go into our archives and listen to our two previous whoopee week 90s coverings renditions where we've covered every whoopee goldberg 90s movie I'm pretty sure there's other ones in the 90s. We've covered covered most of Whoopi Goldberg's (laughs) 90s movie output. And I finally got to watch Sister Act 2 on the pod. Oh, yeah. We did both Sister Acts last year. But Sister Act 2 is the one that matters. And you invoke Serafina, our most popular episode. Over a thousand listens, inexplicably. It's ridiculous. We're going to be doing... It's truly (laughs) insane. Coming soon, Serafina Watch Along Pod to celebrate Serafina. If you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful movie about teaching and Africa and Whoopi, Goldberg. <laughs> and, you know, apartheid and murder. Yes, all those things. Woohoo. Speaking of apartheid and murder, should we talk a little bit about The Way of Water? No, we're not bringing The Way of Water <laughs> into this pod. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> Hard stop down. Instead, should we do, okay, should we jump into Surviving Maine, Season 3, Episode 1? No. Splash? No, we shouldn't. Should we jump into a cast (laughs) breakdown for Surviving Maine, Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2? Uh, yes, because the cast breakdown was before the episodes, but we should do the cast breakdown and then the episodes, and somewhere we'll throw a break in there for you, so you can go to the bathroom. We've okay, let's do our cast breakdown, talk about our two tribes, take a break, and then start breaking down episodes sure, one we'll and see. two. We'll see where it lands. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's talk more about when we're gonna take a break. <laughs> um before you're out of things to say and after the initial introduction. Let's go to that cast breakdown. <laughs> We've got two tribes. The Miko tribe and the Azaban tribe. Or as I like to call them, the green and gray tribes. Miko green, Azaban gray. Just going to let you know, I will more often than not be calling them a green and gray. So get those colors straight in your brain. Otherwise, you'll have no idea who I'm talking about. Azaban gray, Miko green. Like Azkaban. Azkaban. (laughs) I was so frustrated watching episode one. Being like, I'm going to make a fucking Harry Potter joke when we record. And then immediately someone else is like, oh, it makes me think of Harry Potter. It's like they're not even considering the fact that I'm going to be podcasting. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, they need to be good television. Plus, Harry Potter sucks. Come on. 
All right, let's start on the green Miko tribe. First off, we've got Kaya, the 23-year-old landscaper who hates being outdoors. Also a leader of kids. Looks like Zoe Kravitz. And has never seen Survivor. I'm sorry, looks like Catwoman. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's currently played by Zoe Kravitz. I, yes. Uh, yeah, interesting always to have a person on an LRG who's like... I'm fully, I'm not a Survivor fan. I've seen episode one of Surviving Maine, and that's where my knowledge begins and ends. And, uh, you know, I can be in the woods. They seem cool. They've got good vibes. Kai, Kaya gives good vibes. Good gauges? Yes. Good smile. Sure. Cool. Uh, Justin, 39-year-old. Marketing executive. Whom is maybe, maybe not the Justin from Surviving Main Season 2. Not the Justin from Surviving Main Season 2 at all. They look fucking identical. Because they're just white men? Yeah. Okay. Well, and like Justin Prime from Surviving Main Season 2, last we heard of him was having some surgery. And Justin Beta? Justin, what's the opposite of Prime? Justin. Well, it'd be Alpha and Beta, or it'd be like Dark Justin, Anti Justin. He hmm. he kind of looks like normal Justin post surgery, huh. but in like a good way. Like he's healing, his vibrancy is <laughs> returning to him. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you just like kept digging in and, this uh, hole yeah, that yeah. you were already in. I feel like that myself. Um yeah, he's from Boston, Massachusetts. He's a he has salesman. He's going to have like a salesman strategy. Uh he's going to try to sell sell himself to everyone he says. Um I immediately don't like his vibe. Oh, really? That's harsh. I like get angry in my notes. What? <laughs> in his introduction? <laughs> He compares himself to Sandra, says that he loves Survivor. He does a thing that I always find humorous when someone is like a little bit navel-gazy about how much they love Survivor. Name-dropping all the Survivor players. I just love this game so much. This game, the game of Survivor. And I I want to be like a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person. I don't even need the money. I'm just here for this game, this game that I love so much. The game of Survivor. I need to tell you why I didn't like Justin's vibe. There's a very specific reason none of these things these are all things that i enjoy about justin justin's laughable but he's he laughable disc- like he makes you chuckle okay <laughs> usually when you call a person laughable you're not describing how much they make you laugh in a kind of way at least okay but he says he's a marketing executive. Okay, I had salesman in my notes, and I don't know if you heard me flub as I read that, but I had no idea what the <laughs> fuck it meant. <laughs> it's because he then goes on to say it's his job to convince people to spend money they don't want to spend and maybe don't even have. Ooh. And I immediately am like, fuck this guy. Well, I know. I know. I it's know. very unfair. I come to warm up to Justin quite a bit. But in this moment, he like phrased himself as the problem of fucking capitalism in our country. Always and I just selling. like, I lost it. I lost it in my notes. I have very angry notes about Justin and I'm sorry. You know who gets coffee? Who? Justin gets coffee because he's a closer. Yeah. Okay. Then do we have anything else? Stephanie. Stephanie. 
34, works Sad in teacher. special education. The, the soundtrack, a la Taylor, gets real hobbity. It's real like we're in the Shire with some hobbits when Samantha's talking. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Or Stephanie, not Stephanie. Samantha. No, Stephanie also like talks about how she uses people, but I really love that about her. Like, so literally exactly what Justin just did, but I'm liking how Stephanie phrases it because she's like, you know... I understand how people think, so I can twist shit into making them think that I'm, you know, giving them what they want. She has a fun, thick accent, and she's wicked nervous. Wicked, I can't do a Boston. She's wicked nervous about the car. I maybe didn't notice Stephanie's accent, but I do notice someone else's accent later on. Stephanie's never slept on the ground, and she's terrified of the wilderness. But she did learn to make fire before she came out. She'll be fine. Yeah. Moving on to John. The paraprofessional. He's 36. He's wearing a Bruins hat, which I think is some type of sports team, possibly. I'm going to guess hockey. Do we buy that John is only five years older than me? (laughs) You think he is older than 36? You think John's lying about his age? Yeah. I think he looks like a 36-year-old. You're 38. Okay. <laughs> you just think that you're like the, it'd be hilarious if you just like <laughs> nailed John to the wall. He's like, oh fuck, how did she? Show me your birth certificate. <laughs> how did she know? Okay. I feel like I need to just interject here quickly for new players who have never listened to our podcast before. We're bitches. Mm, we like are... we're total assholes. Okay. Yes. Everything is said in love. Yes. We try not to ever cross a line that would be like inappropriate and we're gonna poke fun yes and we're making fun of you as a character Um, on a tv show not as a person you're not a real person to us is what jackie said (laughs) yes no 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 we understand that when you are on this type of show that there's an edit of you that it is not a reflection of you as a person we're talking about the fragment of your personality that we are bearing witness to as told through the editing of the crew of surviving Maine. yes it's not a full picture and everything is said with love we unequivocally love we are in love with each and every one of you yeah we yeah. are yeah we're in love with each and every one of you uh, <laughs> your kiss was so much squeakier. It was so much squeakier. Uh, Caitlin? I'm not done with John. Oh. It's his first LRG. For some reason, I have him designated as Mr. Cordial in my notes. I also have that he's going to be very cordial. Mm, so Mr. he, cordial. like, I'm going to be a kind and upstanding gentleman. <laughs> Banjo music on the soundtrack. <laughs> as John is talking, really fits his vibe. And he is uh, he's teacher adjacent. Like, lots of people kind of seem to be on this season. I am just going to say this. I hate this, like, he's a he's an educator. Cool. Moving on. I don't need to get into, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's bullshit that, like, paras and sped people are usually not called teachers. And, like, mm. we should just, like, recognize we're all educators. And, honestly, they do so much more, like, of the fucking grunt work that, edu- like, certified teachers don't want to fucking deal with so yeah that's great thanks john i'm glad that that was what you were getting at and yeah. that you explained it okay <laughs> i had no idea and i think as a that's a great point to make and a great 
learning moment for me, a layman who is not in the education field, that I think sometimes um, someone like myself would maybe make that distinction out of not wanting to hmm. not show deference to like some type of perceived hierarchy or like degree. Fuck that shit. I just have no idea. No, outsider. I hear like, you. So like, oh, I wouldn't call a nurse a doctor and I wouldn't call a doctor a nurse. Well, and thing, some you know? people are particular. Like sure. some people are like, well, you're not a, like, fuck those people. And, and like, and, like even off. as an outsider, I don't know if it is like some stupid territorial bullshit or just like job titles that it would just be like ignorant to mix up. So that's where it comes from on my end but like it's great that you are like no these people are yeah yeah um I, yeah like john comes and collects the student who's throwing chairs in my room john and, does yeah that's all the way from fucking Maine. he flies out to get that kiddo that was throwing chairs in my room <laughs> and then takes him back to maine yeah and takes him back to maine but to the, the real scary part is that since i'm working from home oh my gosh <laughs> it's just packs <laughs> take it backs who is yeah. who's my kid? We yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hilarious. John's dedicated. Thank you, John. Saying. Thank you, John. Now can we move on to Caitlin? Caitlin, twenty-five, woman's rugby coach. Cool, cool job to have. Are you being sarcastic? No. Oh. I. It sounded like. Yes, it sounded like you were being a real dick no, about I, it. I, that was cool a, job, Caitlin. Real cool job to have, Caitlin. <laughs> that was enthusiasm. Fucking cool. I didn't mean it like that. I'm okay. like cool. That's a neat job. That is. <laughs> you shit. still sound so fucking sarcastic. That's me trying to underline. It. <laughs> That's me trying to be. You emphasizing things only reads as sarcasm. That's why when I'm not recording a podcast, I'm Mr. Mellow, <laughs> white bread, no emotion, because I don't want people to think I'm being non-real. Question mark? <laughs> okay, let's keep rolling. Um, Caitlin was medevaced from an other uh, LRG game, and I'm so fucking curious. Was it a Larry medevac? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Spoilers. I, I mean, they I just... fucking know we're getting into this shit. <laughs> what if someone is listening to this part of the pod and they haven't watched the episode yet? Well, then they're fucking morons. Here's what I'll say. I'm so mean. I want... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was also going to say... <laughs> People are using the word medevaced a little loosey-goosey these first two episodes. While I do respect Larry's need to exit yes, the game as legitimate, it's not like he was helicoptered out. It's not like he's fucking... So, like, when Caitlin's like, I was medevaced out of a game, I'm like, fuck, you broke your leg or were gushing blood? Or, like, I got a little sleepy and needed to go home. <laughs> not that that's what happened to Larry. I'm just talking about the two spectrums that I am now aware we might be working with. You mean you were utterly famished and couldn't go on? Are you making fun of Larry? No, I'm not making fun of Larry. I'm making fun of somebody else, which we'll talk about later. And if you didn't pick that reference, okay. shame on you. I'm going to stop down and say right now, Lair Bear is a long Twitter follower of the pod, and I'll have no Larry disrespect within these padded walls. Larry is the next person on my list. Let's just talk to Larry. Okay. To talk Larry. To, Hi, Larry. Hey, Larry. What up, Larry? Larry, we love you. What you doing? What you doing, Larry? <laughs> hey, what you doing, Larry? Larry, when you hear this, go tweet at the pod exactly what you're doing right now. Dancing. I bet it's dancing. Taking a bubble bath. What if he's dancing in the bubble bath? Larry loves reality shows. He's he, going to lay low. He's a healthcare assistant yeah. at professional. Yeah. Healthcare professional at a senior living center. 
For some reason in my notes, I have John versus Larry, only one can stay, and that was really sad and <laughs> ominous. <laughs> John v. Larry, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> okay. Two men enter, one man leaves. Who is Superman and who's Batman in the John v. Larry breakdown? I mean, Larry is definitely a Superman. Yeah, John is like, I'm the knight, I'm avenging my parents' death. I am going to drive really fast and Larry's going to fly on out of there. You know, who's not going to fly on out of there. Mary Ellen, the 46 year old Mexico, Maine resident. Who's an admin of high school and has never missed an episode of survivor. And she's got that hard accent thick with two C's accent. Oh man. I mean, I can't and won't try to mimic it, but I could like, Listen to Mary Ellen talk all day. Is it bad that when I Ichika. I tried to start doing a Mary Ellen and almost just slipped into like Minnesotan? I was like, <laughs> don't you know? Hot dish. Oof. Gitchika. I uh my from Staten Island. Gitchika. I don't know. From New York. <laughs> Gitchika from Joyzy. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Throwing everything in the pot. Put another shrimp on the Bobby and Joyzy. Mate. Don't you know? Uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, is from Massachusetts. She doesn't sound like that, though. She, um, I don't know, she's lost her accent. It'll come out every mm. so often, but her mother, Robin. Oh, so strong. So thick. She's a real Mary Ellen. Two C's thick. Yes, in the accent department. <laughs> yes. I, mm. uh, uh, Matt. 26. Public health. Mustache Matt. New fan of Survivor. It came out during the pandemic. He's like, hmm, I have to work from home for the next two years. What should I do? Start binge watching Survivor. He's a fan of the queer community and a member. And (laughs) just a fan. He like fucking references Narnia in his opening speech. Uh, Narnia Battle of Merge. Narnian Battle. Yeah. I, He's I, using Narnia as an adjective when something is Narnian, you know. Does that, that mean that you're queer and Christian, Matt? Because that makes no sense in my brain. It means he's the queer Mr. Tomness icon we've all been waiting for. What? Mr. Tomness? Okay, Matt, though, you do have a fucking solid mustache, my friend. Yes. good, Rock solid. Good mustache game. And then... Should we pivot over to the Azaban tribe? Azaban. All right, number one on Azaban, we have Andy, the 36 <laughs> year old stay at home dad. Wouldn't we all be so lucky? He thinks his sleep deprivation and caregiver experience will aid him. Got a raccoon hat on. It's his first LRG. Uh, what's on your shirt, bro? I have great shirt and beard. Hmm. Hashtag classic white guy. It's also a note <laughs> I have for Andy. Um, I definitely felt his note of him being an introvert. Like, just a little awkward. A little, like... Sometimes my notes, they get real sharp and mean. <laughs> Talking a lot, not saying much. No, no. <laughs> And then trying to be gregarious. Okay. You know, I like he grows on me. I think he initially I'm like, I don't know what vibe this guy is going to have. Yeah. Jess, 33, risk analyst, 
cool job. That time I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Only thing that I have in my notes about Jess is she's another introvert. <laughs> she's here for the adventure, and you know what she loves to do? Be an introvert. Fucking talk with her hands. Her ah. hands are going all over the place during this intro video. You know what, Jess? You and me both. You may not be able to tell, but Jackie is currently speaking with her hands. <laughs> Dan. What was I doing? Speaking with her hands. <laughs> As you hit the table. Um, That's what happens when I try to speak with my hands. I knock things over. Dan works overnight for customer service at Walgreens? Yeah, he's our overnight Walgreens king. Huh. Wall king, more like. I, I love that you added king. I have him down as Dr. Sleep because he looks real sleepy. And he's also hashtag a balding king, just like myself. Does he call himself a late bloomer? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Self-described late bloomer. Dan's like, I didn't fucking say that. What? <laughs> Dan, balding, late bloomer. <laughs> and who did you meet at the Survivor community? He says he's an open book. That's his strategy. Hmm. But he doesn't tell us who we met. And he's name dropping past players, but yeah, it doesn't say anyone specific. And knows lots of survivor facts. Hmm. You think he runs the survivor facts Twitter? Maybe. Is there a survivor facts Twitter? Probably. Mm. If 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 there isn't, Dan, get on. Dan, <laughs> we found your calling for you. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Those late nights at Walgreens, you'd be tweeting survivor facts. Yeah. What the. Dan. Did you know the you host know, of Survivor you is You fucking know Jeff he's going to be listening to this while working overnight at Walgreens, I hope. Crazy. That would be crazy. Us talking about him doing what he's doing right now while he's doing it. It's like stocking What the fuck? Stocking Dan? some shelves. Simulation. Messing around in the photo department for some fun. For some fun. For some fun. You know, <laughs> scanning his butt. Not just his butt. Playing around in the prescription aisle. Oh, God. <laughs> On that note, let's head to Delaney, who's going to mix us some drinks. You know, for fun fun. <laughs> for some fun. For fun fun. Uh, Delaney, 27, the cool member of the tribe. Delaney is the cool member. She's a bartender. She's got a quick wit, and she loves the woods. And she also finds the social and political. Political. Ooh aspects of survivor interesting mm. what if donald trump was on the season <laughs> what if barack obama was on the <laughs> holy season? shit what if barack michelle and donald were on the season and what if they were the major alliance no one would suspect it no nope. barack no one would expect it and uh donald, that's a great idea it's funny because she's really the first non-introvert popping up in this tribe and then speaks on her goal being to be a fucking introvert. Yeah, her under-the-radar <laughs> strategy. It's not going to work, Delaney, because guess what? Everyone on your tribe is under the radar as their solid personality. Then we've got Mike, a 37-year-old manscaped 7th grade English teacher. Who makes 12-year-olds do things with his charm. He's taught an 11-year-old how to read, and that's going to help him in Survivor. Yes. Let's like let's let's like <laughs> really think about how we phrase our interactions with children, people. It, it is okay. I mean, <laughs> low hanging fruit for the guy who says I can get kids to do what I want to make those jokes. Come on now, <laughs> let's not stray into that territory. Okay. 
I I'm just I'm just saying I'm he just does, throwing it out there. Let's like yeah. he leans on that he kind of hates adults though. I mean, don't we all? I fucking hate every person I interact with that's not my husband, basically. Yeah, most people are dumb <laughs> and mean and annoying. Yeah. Like, if you could just exist and be kind, it'd be a different thing. He has played and edited a lot of these games. And I think he feels like that's going to be an advantage, having been that background person for these games, having seen how things come together. Which is interesting that he... Yes, there's some people that start to get some heat on them for being too close to production. And it seems like Mike kind of low-key is one of those guys, secretly. Then we have Trisha, 37, in between careers, loves to DoorDash and... Do pottery. Do pottery. What What a life. I mean, here's the thing. Trisha, I need you to get out the pod and let us know. Is it strictly Trisha? Do you are you okay with Trish? You I've need heard her to get out the pot. Get at get at the pot. Get at the pot. Yes, because I've heard get I've, out the pottery and get at the pot. Because I've heard people call her Trish. Okay, but I have not heard her call herself Trish. Right, and I'm wondering if it's a situation that I find myself in often, where people will just start calling me Jackie when you asked me my fucking name and I told you it was Jacqueline. A little just too curious. being a little too familiar. Yeah, you don't you don't know me like that. You don't know me. What, Let me know. What thing does a person have to do with you to cross the threshold to earn the Jackie? Is there like a specific activity or amount of time spent together? A little kiss. Once you get a little kiss, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Once, yep. once you get a little kiss. Once we're kissing familiar, then you know. Lip or cheek. Ah, uh, double cheek. Double cheek. Kiss, kiss. So once you give a person the double cheek kiss, they can then call you Jackie. Yes. Wow. Not before. Love it. Yes. Anyway, Jackie, just so everyone knows where I stand. <laughs> next, we've got William. Oh, and did we mention that Trisha's a future master therapist slash sociologist and is not a Survivor super fan? We didn't, but now you did. Moving on to William. I have weird lines in my notes. And so I was like, what? William? Okay. William is a videographer. He's a blue-headed scene kid. You know how it goes like goths became emos, became scene kids? I feel like emo or emo. William is a scene kid. Does his hair match his shirt? Or do they clash too much? Does his hair match the drapes? Does he have blue pubes? Blue pube? Blue pube. Um, does he love Panic at the Disco and he's sad that they just broke up? Hmm, maybe. Is he a strategic speaker? <laughs> um, it's not his first LRG. No. And he says that he's savage. Oh. And he played with Justin over there. Yeah. You know, that Justin from over there on the Miko tribe. And then last but certainly not least, we've got Samantha, the 27-year-old couch potato and customer service person. Accounting coordinator. She can smile through the pain and she's here against her will. And then I, I was like, who's your best friend? But we came to know it's Liza. Also third in a South African LRG where she played with Wendell. What? From the HGTV? 
He's like, I think Wendell is now on like some home makeover TV show. Oh, that's cool. Good for him. I mean, good for Sam for fucking getting to go to South Africa to play. Did is that maybe where she met Liza? Because didn't Liza play in South Africa? Isn't that where Liza met fucking Amanda? And that's how we got Amanda on our pod? Yes. Okay. Most definitely. There's an Eliza Amanda who's in South Africa connection. I don't know if that's where Samantha and Liza met necessarily. I could see them being friends before that. And maybe that just being a friend activity they did huh. or separate LRG. Maybe they played in different South African games. That's cool. But that's fucking crazy that you're like an LRG person that goes that hard. That you're going to another fucking country. Like, and I'm sure they're not helping you pay to get there. I've never been to South Africa. Nonetheless, played fan-made South African Survivor. Cody, you've never played any fan-made Survivor. Actually, you did, didn't you? You did like <laughs> like a fully virtual one that one time. I don't know how people fucking do those things. I apparently have no social skills, and it's also like you're in a Facebook Messenger group with like 60 people who are constantly speaking in the Messenger group. So if you miss out on the window of to get your like personality known or if you're a person who can't be constantly on your phone like i have a fucking life and job i've got shit to do besides play online survivor i had no chance i felt like plus they were on a different time zone i've attempted to play two one was poorly ran it felt like and then the other i just i don't know the summer i think i'm gonna try to do one really summertime as a teacher i feel like i could swing that I feel like you have the personality for it. I very much do not. True. It's more manic than I expected. Yeah. I can't wait to find out, but it seems like a lot of these players know. So I guess take a quick break and then we'll be jumping into Surviving Maine Season 3, Episode 1. Baby, we're lit. But not our fire. Their episode title. I love it. Yeah, let's take a break. Welcome back to Survivor Cast International, Surviving Maine, Season 3, Episode 1 and 2, but starting with Episode 1. Right. Naturally. I mean, be kind of weird to go the other way. So we, of course, we've got some sweet, sweet Surviving Maine theme music to jump us off. Mm-hmm. I think the theme song is the same as last year, but very good. It's got some like grunting is in it, it. Is it the oh, same? Ah, maybe it's a like updated version, possibly. Maybe. And we get a fun opening montage of all of our players in that classic survivor fashion. And it's interesting that four groups of four are walking into camp. So it's not like they're coming in as like one big group or even as tribe by tribe. They're coming in with like half a tribe, half a drive, almost to like set up some, you know, yeah, alliances some, some, prior to the thing actually starting. Some groups forming for sure. I like that idea, I think, of splitting up the two tribes and sending them in in groups. I like, obviously, it will lend itself to are these four people going to group up and these four people going to? And maybe I didn't take note enough of what 
the two groupings were for each tribe and if things did fall along those lines, but I don't feel like it necessarily did. The thing that I think made this not so fair. Okay. Is that an idol was placed uh, where they were going. So one tribe has the opportunity to find it before the other. Yeah. One half of the tribe, like most likely, and I believe it played out this way that someone in the first group of four was the person to get the idol. Cause it was Andy and John. So that would be interesting to track. I think, yeah, I think you're correct. We should go back and see who was in each initial group. I know Andy was for sure. And I feel like John was also. Because he was showing his allergy meds to such a small group. Let's start with the Miko tribe. Okay, yes. Kaya apparently found out she was playing only 15 hours before the game started. So we have yes. two late addition to the game players. And being a smoker... Yeah. That must be incredibly difficult. I wonder a little bit because we have some talk over these two episodes. She mentions later that she like bought three packs of cigarettes in anticipation for the weekend. And she's also not like a Survivor super fan. It seems like she maybe didn't fully know what she was getting herself in for. Yeah, I think that it maybe wasn't fully like, oh, you don't get to bring real. Well, but there's also like. I know what they allow you to bring versus what like CBS survivor would allow you to bring is like a totally different thing too. So I don't know, maybe it, she wasn't clear what would be like a necessity versus like I mean, a comfort item. Cigarettes are a necessity, right? <clears throat> She's talking about smoking so much as a former smoker. I'm like, Oh man, a cigarette does sound pretty good about that. <laughs> and she does have great tattoos though. Going to yes. be on Tattoo Patrol for Kaya throughout the season. Then Justin admits to the group that he has LRG'd before. He's not keeping that info on the wraps. He's openly admitting that, you know, it's not his first rodeo. Yeehaw. I've got... Okay, I do have the groups, actually. Okay, cool. Group number one for Miko is Kaya, John, Steph, and Justin. So, yeah, John gets the idol. He finds the idol um, very sneakily showing people his allergy medicine. Like, I don't know if he is showing them allergy medicine and then sees the idol or he's being super clever and sees the idol and then takes out his allergy medicine to offer to people and then covertly puts it all idol included into his bag. I think the second one, I think it was a planned idea. And we do find out that like, Andy, who gets the other idol, is very clearly seen yes. where it doesn't let's seem keep to be the tribes. Let's only talk about Miko okay, right sorry. Now, just to keep things. It doesn't seem to be a talking point that John has this idol. So I do think he was successful in keeping it, especially with John being floated as a possible person to vote out. I believe that he has successfully gotten an idol with no one noticing as well. And it was like both idols are hidden on like the wooden structure holding up their uh, individual tribe flags. Yeah. So then group number two comes in. I also have a note that Justin is single, apparently single and looking to mingle in the woods for chance. Also, they call someone from Maine, a Mainer. Yeah. Just like people from the upper peninsula are youpers. That's funny. These people are Mainers. We also learned before we kick it over to Azaban or group number two. Of Miko. Oh, okay. Well, which then... consists of Matt, Larry, Caitlin, and Mary Ellen. Okay, cool. Um, Larry 
his sister was supposed to come play, but she broke her ankle. I feel you. Um, that sucks. Especially yeah. as Larry mentions that he has wanted to play for two years and then it seems like the pandemic got in the way. It must really be a bummer to anticipate going out here with a sibling and then them having to drop out. Apart. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's Kaya or Sam who ended up replacing his sister. And then they do the pronoun breakdown on the Miko tribe, something we don't see as a bandu, which is interesting. Brought up by Will because he goes by he, they. Yep. Um, I and believe then... Matt says he, they, right? That I, Or is that Will? That I thought was Matt Will. also said that. No, nope, just Will them. starts with Will. Will goes um, he, they. God, I should like. And then they take a moment to specifically yeah. say their pronouns, and then I get it mixed up. Kaya says, "I go by anything," and then everyone else is just like Norm. I don't want to say Norm. Not Norm. Um, traditional. Not traditional. Fucking. Everyone else has heteronormative. Sure, heteronormative. That's what seems. I. Yeah, yeah. heteronormative uh, pronouns. Yes, which I think maybe even might also be not the correct way to say it just because you wouldn't want to like look at a person and assume their pronouns you know what i mean true so two people have they as something that you can use with will being kaya uses they them kaya uses anything kaya uses anything and will uses he them and then <laughs> we've like stumbled into this minefield um other people use different pronouns. True. Perfect. <laughs> and then they almost have a group dance. They should. They should have a group dance. And Matt leads the tribe in a, a stretch. Yeah. Which is what almost... He does it twice. He does it here at okay. the beginning and later on as well. Or no, that's Andy. That that's does it Andy later on. Later on so yeah, Matt leads just... a little, little group stretch in here, pre-challenge. <laughs> and I think that's what almost devolves into a group dance-off. Okay. Over to Azaban. Yes. Um, you get real mad that somebody else makes the Harry Potter joke. Oi, Harry, it's like Azkaban, it is. And if you want to hear more great British accents like that, check out our Survivor oh UK coverage. Now, Azkaban is also the mischief tribe. That's why they are signified by a raccoon. And Andy did some Googling pre-coming on the show and thus has a raccoon hat. Yes. Uh, cool. Um, Rest of great come. I don't have all of group one for Azaban, but group two is Delaney, Trisha, Samantha, and William. So by elimination, you can figure out who the other people were. Aside from Andy. And uh, Sam. It's her fourth LRG, specifically. Yes. And, you know, they cut to a picture of Wendell when she references having played with Wendell. Yep. Hashtag and Wendell. I will say the Azkaban does come off as a little bit more awkward than the Miko tribe to start. Like, just, like, in forming a, like, formed group. It feels like there's a little bit more, like getting to know you instead of like jiving right away. Hmm, interesting. That's kind of like the vibe I picked up on. It's funny that Miko also collectively seems to be picking up on that vibe. And it's not really a vibe I picked up on. And if it is going on, 
it's humorous that Azaban seems to be like outwardly really telling themselves and the cameras that that's not the case. So if it is going on, it's funny that they seem to be very much maybe aware and in denial of it. Well, I feel like later on in this episode and next episode, I don't feel that so much. But really, right up here in the meeting of hmm. it, I felt that. Interesting. And I well, wonder if that's, like, so many of the members self-identifying as introverts and, like, taking a little bit of time to warm up to each other. They don't have too long to warm up to each other, Jackie, because the host comes along and announces that it's time for the first reward challenge. It is. Ba, 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 God, what is... Uh, I, I'm blanking. What is the host's name? <laughs> God, I just can't remember it. I don't think I have it down yet. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Now I just want to listen to Liza. Since becoming a Bob Fosse fan in the year since we've put out any, not the year, since we've covered Maine. Yes. And speaking of which, in our intro, we said it's been since November. It's actually been since September. Right. That we've dropped any content. So, my birthday. But yes, had to do the Liza send up with the, do you think Liza's named after Liza Minnelli? Maybe. Liza, let us know. You do have a great haircut right now. Yeah, looking great, Liza. And I feel like hosting abilities although very solid in the past maybe have even improved slightly mm. but anyway liza with a z shows up and everyone's gagged also everyone's feeling hot and dusty some great camera work going on i'm really noticing that we're having a multitude of angles and shots going um and yes liza greets everyone Ask everyone how they're doing, and then pretty quickly we get into reward challenge number one. It's almost as hard to get them to talk as it is to sometimes get me to respond to you. And like, <laughs> joking. All right. So they have to balance on hay spools to get where, puzzle pieces. Where do you think they got these spools? Because we looked for spools of this size for our wedding and could find them nowhere. But they do look like they're on like an industrial land or maybe by farming. There's lots of timber in the background and yeah. big vehicles. I wonder where they are filming. I some lumber yard. Your guess is that they just had these spools on hand? Yes. At this industrial farm? No, I mean that they probably brought them there, but still. I bet they had access to them. But yes, yeah, someone will balance on the spool while two people roll the spools. Uh, they collect puzzle pieces. And three people have to do that roll. Yes. One puzzle solver then solves a puzzle... By making pairs. It's like those line puzzles where each line puzzle has like an exact match, but so many of them look similar. And then the ones that don't have matches are the combination for a lock that goes to a box full of sandbags. You then have to toss the sandbags and land them on a platform. On a spool. Yes. Another spool. On another spool. There's spool happy here. Hashtag spool. Me up, Scotty. And the reward will be an advantage in the next challenge. Love it. So, Caitlin is going to be spooling for Miko 
and Jessica's fooling for Azaban to start off. I wonder what Caitlin's leg tattoo is of here. Yes. And pretty, like, Miko starts off in the lead, I feel like. And we've got Larry and John, question mark? Larry and somebody are rolling the spools for Miko. Don't you know you're the one who's supposed to take those detailed notes? I'm just the overall feel person. Hilariously, when Caitlin gets her first puzzle piece, she's like, can I jump off the spool? And as someone's yelling no at her, she jumps off. Immediately jumps off. Fuck it. I don't need to wait for an answer or I don't need to regard the answer given to me. And they have to go back, which sets Miko back somewhat hopelessly. Yes. It would seem. Um. Yeah. And like Jessica just cruises. Now, while watching this challenge, I did have a question come up. Okay. What would you, and this also becomes a huge talking point throughout this episode, too. Absolutely. What would you wear if you were going out into the woods for like a three or four day weekend to play Survivor, assuming that you only get like change of underwear or whatever the fuck? What would your outfit be? What would you be wearing in this excursion? I'm going to wear a t shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring a sweatshirt Mm -hmm. or a zip up light jacket okay maybe a zip up light jacket so then i can both have it on and unzip it and fully take it off if needed i'm going to wear helps with the rain too yes but something with a hood would be nice Mm. so maybe a hooded light jacket with a zipper i'm also going to wear pants but not jeans i'm going to wear like what is the material i guess khaki Hmm. pants that zipper off and become shorts or because I feel like I don't want to just wear shorts. I want a pant option to protect my legs and because of fucking ticks, but I don't want to be wearing jeans or denim. Maybe I don't want something that goes from pants to shorts because mm. dorky and that zipper might not be comfortable, but I feel like I don't want to wear shorts, but they have bags. So presumably can yeah, I, change I don't know what the shorts? fuck they have in their bag. I guess we have to assume that you only get one outfit. Yes. So I guess I'm wearing, I guess I'll just wear like knee length, comfortable shorts, not basketball shorts, shorts of a more comfortable material. Okay. Underwear, socks, tennis shoes. Love it. Yourself? Pajamas? Yep, just straight up PJs. Footy pajamas? I would do leggings Yeah, with tall socks pulled up over top. I will say that I think as a lady, you have better pant options than I do. Because I would do leggings and then I do athletic shorts over my leggings. Totally. Because then you've got like, it's tight on your skin, you're not going to chafe, but the material is good and breathable. mm -hmm. Yeah. And then sports bra, tank top, t-shirt, jacket, weather jacket. I might just say fuck it and wear the same outfit that you just described and just own it. Hell yeah. Be comfortable. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> All right. So Caitlin versus Jessica. Jessica kicked butt. Caitlin jumped off. Then we go to Kaya versus and Delaney. Delaney. Yes. Miko is really, they're like a full cycle behind at this point. Essentially. Yes. Uh, Kaya needs a break. Takes a little seat on the wheel. Kicks her little legs around. And then Trisha for Azaban going up against Lair Bear. No, never. Lair Bear's the school roller. Stephanie. Who Stephanie's fast. Speaking of clothes and shorts, Andy is wearing some real garish shorts. 
I did not notice Andy's shorts. I'll have to look at them. They're bright. I don't know how you missed them. Hmm. Azaban gets to the puzzle first. And But Trisha is not happy to have to put those puzzle pieces in her mouth. No. She's like, how the fuck did they get this bag of puzzle pieces back to the other platform? Oh, they put it in their mouth. Gross. It takes dedication, okay? Yeah. I suppose. Stephanie fucking almost falls off of the spool, but is saved by Matt. Looking and his, at his frozen blue eyes. Those ice cold, the eyes of a lover or the eyes of a killer? <laughs> ice cold. And He's then, like James Bond. True. We got Sam on one puzzle and John on the other. The puzzle looks confusing to me. I am not aware of this type of puzzle. Really? I would not do well at it. Oh, I love these types of puzzles. You know who else loves this type of puzzle? John. John, the fucking puzzle master. John is a puzzle master. It's incredibly ridiculous that his priority as being, like, keeping him as a priority as a puzzle player while you're still in this position of group, like, that should be a number one. John should not even be up for discussion at any point right now. I think the Miko tribe... Their arc with John over these two episodes is very interesting, and specifically Justin's reaction to John at a few points where John kind of saves this challenge for them. Mm -hmm. And I realize that it's not immunity, that it's just a reward challenge, but it's like Caitlin essentially almost almost loses loses it. it for them, and then John wins it. And when it comes time later on to discuss who might go home, I realize that there's a separate immunity thing, but it's just interesting that John is in discussion when he has shown himself to be very valuable. And then later on when he does it again, it still doesn't become something that is being valued by the tribe. Yeah. Instead it's, well, I have to be wary of these puzzle skills when it comes time to individual immunity. Right. Because he'll fucking. Yeah. Amidst all this talk of tribe strength and assets. It's, it's, He's it's being overlooked. Definitely a two-faced presentation. Absolutely. John um, is a valuable player for the Miko tribe. I really am a fan of John. Justin throws the beanbags for um, that tribe. Sam missed a puzzle pairing. I almost feel like it was halfway Will's fa- um, fault for Sam missing the pairing because it feels like Will's being real pointy-pointy when this is supposed to be Sam's puzzle. Throwing her off, not letting her just think and take it in. It's really hard in that, like, you're already feeling manic and rushed to have somebody adding to that when you're just trying to think. Can't be helpful. Yeah. Um, And then I'm like, Will, Will, (laughs) I have a note here. Make it. Blue head, no good at puzzle. (laughs) And then I wonder if Will will make the sandbags, but nope. No, no. Justin wins it. Justin wins it. 3-0. Miko versus Azaban. Will doesn't even land a sandbag on the spool. And yeah, Justin takes it home. Other tribe left with no flint and a storm a-coming. Yes. So then rolling on to... And they win some like bug spray. They don't get any flint. Get a tarp. And they get some time to go off and, and set some up rice. Their, and some rice. And they get to go set up their camp. 
And both tribes get these things. Yes. The reward that they have won is, is coming. an advantage at the next immunity challenge. Exactly. I, I like that everyone gets some camp supplies, bug spray particularly. Yes, especially with what happens coming up here with Trisha. <laughs> well, let's roll into pre-immunity hanging with the tribes. Let's do it. So we're headed back to Miko's tribe camp. Yes. Back to Miko camp with the Miko tribe. Yes. Post um, reward, we get we learn a little bit that Justin and Will are former nemeses. Also learn that Justin's good at cornholing, apparently. <laughs> How do you feel about calling, throwing beanbags onto an object? Because there's no hole in the spool that they're throwing it at. So no. it specifically is not cornhole. Exactly. It's... But it has the same technique. Right. You good at cornhole, you'll be good at throwing beanbags on a spool. Is it called cornhole because the beanbags are filled with, like, dried corn? And, and it goes in a hole? I think so. Cornhole. Yeah. People are so fucking dumb when we name games. Yes. The corn goes in the hole. Cornhole. <laughs> We've got Kaya. Curious what meals are like here. <laughs> I, I really like Kaya. I think she's very cool. And... I like the arc she goes over these two episodes, but I find it very funny that, like, you didn't know how mm. meals work before you came on to Surviving Maine. Did you eat a good breakfast this morning, <laughs> Kaya? Seem a little unprepared, Kaya. That's okay. We love the unprepared. And then Larry is loving his tribe. He feels like he's getting the real experience, the real survivor experience. And everyone feels, like, really gung-ho well, about the, each other i'll use the phrase they're in the kumbaya section of the game right yeah miko particularly and okay there's this funny thing where john recognizes justin oh and it seems like larry also recognizes justin but justin doesn't seem to he's like i don't know anyone here yeah he's like i I've played with some people before. I think he says that he, like, Knows remembered of. Will. Right. And, like, oh, but thankfully I haven't played with anyone here yet. He kind like, of, he, I guess he, like, maybe realized, oh, I know of people. I think he has face blindness. Mm, pretty sure he's just, like, I'm so cool. I'm not going to remember Larry or John. They're his next door neighbors. He sees them literally every day. <laughs> well, it's not good for Larry and John. No. And, of course, the sentiment as they move into who we're going to vote off, inevitably it rears, you know, as long as it's not me, that definitely goes around. I think Dan maybe specifically states it. I will also say... Um, oh, Dan is not on the Miko no. tribe. Never mind. He does not say that. <laughs> uh, Kaya, it's like, becomes my favorite during a specific time when she like is talking about how much fun she's having and then like, well, I shouldn't speak yet. Like, Oh, actually we just got started. I shouldn't be like, woohoo. When like, haven't slept on the ground yet. Haven't gone more <laughs> than three hours without cigarettes. Guy <laughs> has a lot of great like one liners. Yeah. I don't like leaving my house. Interacting with these people hasn't been as awful as I anticipated. <laughs> Things of that nature. And you know, there's a giant ass spider on the rice. We do get this thing where Miko is really feeling like they're a tight, mm -hmm. well-meshed group that's jiving. 
and that Azaban is this cocky, fraught, tensions bubbling to the surface group where I don't really see that all that much. There's definitely like an us v them, which it's like, don't y'all know that you're going to have tribe swaps coming up? So I get it, right? I If there is a time to have an us v them sentiment, it's now. And uh, we learned that Matt saw the other dude on the other tribe get the idol. Raccoon head. Yes. And he tells Larry. And yes. Larry's going to tuck that info away for later. But Matt is doing, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. Matt is doing very well. I feel like he's making a lot of bonds. And I think he, he's like the social connection epicenter of Miko. I feel like everything is emanating from Matt. Yes. He's got the like facial hair, right? He has a mullet and a fine mustache. And he is a okay. member of the LGBTQ plus community. For a minute, I was getting Matt and Blue Mike hat? from the other tribe. Is there a Mike? Oh, yes. Mike is. For Mike a minute, has... I was like mixed up for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Who's who again? Okay. Matt. Yes. Can I give you? You got mustache Matt and manscaped Mike. Because oh. Matt has a real nice bushy mustache. <sighs> Mike, on the other hand, his beard's tightly coiffed. It's tight. It's so tight and like expertly manscaped, I guess. Love it. Love them. Okay. Okay. Anything else before we go hang out with Escaband? <laughs> I'm just going to, we're going to call them Escaban, Azkabam, Azaboom. Bimity Bam. Just all the variations on words that begin with A, Z, and, and an M. <laughs> oh, I have spelled it easy. <laughs> easy, E, M. Yes. Okay. Bef- when we go to Azabam. There's this one. Isn't it as a band? When we go to as a boom, there's this wonderful <laughs> transition that happens where we're looking at the like tree canopy. Yes. And then it spins. And then we're, I Yay. fucking love it. Next level editing and You're production a huge, going on. Huge fan of the surviving main editing process. I just feel like there's cinematography's on point. We're getting lots of different varied camera angles to keep me engaged as a viewer. Transitions like that and musical cues that stand out, they go a long way to making your show so much more watchable. A thousand percent. We've watched so many LRGs where you're getting one static camera shot, maybe some mixed in horribly filmed Lots of fucking selfie shit. Absolutely. Get out of here. No music at all or maybe just some intro music. Very few bug shots. Surviving Maine, I'm enjoying watching more than I enjoy watching... Survivor CBS, which is overproduced, possibly. You're also not a huge fan of Survivor CBS. Did you just find a cat hair in your water? Maybe. You took a big yep. drink of water and then looked into the cup with disgust and <laughs> just had to track what happened there. Sorry. Fossey. All right. Um, Over to Azaban. Uh, Jess knows a lot of people. Mm. Yes, she is a pandemic LRG gal, and she plays these obscure online games and has made a bunch of connections, it seems. I don't think a lot of people picked up on that question mark. Like, I don't feel like that comes back around much. I think it maybe comes up later that there are possibly, I don't know if it's Jess. Someone mentions later that they have been playing Pandora specifically, and I think it might be her, Mm. but I'll have to wait till we get there in my notes. (laughs) Um, And uh, Delaney 
does a lot of survival stuff on her own. How do you feel about the fact that Delaney has a tattoo of herself on her arm? It's herself? I assume so. It looks just like her. Is it right by the switchblade? She's got Did a you clack, clock the switchblade tattoo? I think the switchblade tattoo is on a forearm. Yeah. And then I don't think it's actually of herself. <laughs> but my running bit is that it's a tattoo of herself and like crazy... I mean, Powerful. I'm trying to be into that. I mean, talk about the ultimate self love piece. Oh, yeah. I look fly. I also look fly on my arm. And Delaney, if you disagree, I'll stab you with my switchblade tattoo. Delaney, who's on your arm? Can we talk quick? What's wrong? Isn't it fucking stupid that switchblades are illegal anywhere? It's a knife that pops out. It's some like ridiculous fucking the media. Not that I'm like Mr. Anti-News. I don't want to sound like a crazy conservative railing against the media, but it's like some weird fear mongering a la needles in your kid's Halloween candy hmm. that has led to like switchblades being illegal someplace. I mean, we're going to have guns be legalized, motherfuckers, but not a fucking or yeah. Oh, this knife pops out. Oh, boy. Better make that fucking illegal. I feel like it's association with like greasers and 50 slime balls. I mean, maybe. The Jets. Yeah. Fucking Jets. They fucking killed James Dean and then took away our switchblades. I love it. I am of the opinion that Joe Biden had James Dean killed. Just that's... Okay, moving on. Moving on to Samantha. Uh, Yes. Sammy? Also, before Samantha, I just have this note that Jess, she also loves Spitfire Delaney. Yes. We, I mean, lots of people seem to love Delaney by the end of this. Absolutely. Um, Samantha, though, is wary of Delaney. Uh, wary or intimidated? She thinks she's sneaky and up to no good and doesn't want her around. Here's my theory. Samantha was hoping to play the role that Delaney ended up playing in the tribe. Like the like lighthearted, funny, like yeah. people connecting. I feel like that's normally Sam's vibe. Sure. But ma- Samantha, we go by Sam. Do we go Sam? I'm not sure. Okay. You're doing um, that thing that you complained about. You, has Samantha kissed you on both cheeks? You're so familiar. But I feel like production yeah. calls her no, Sam. No, I was just kidding, of course. I, because with, um, fucking whoever i was talking about earlier yeah uh no i was talking about trisha earlier trisha i haven't heard trisha be calling herself trisha or referring to like like having conversations with production and be referred to as or as trish as trish okay i'm like where sam i I feel like i've heard in conversations with production talking as sam not samantha so that's why i was like okay differentiation i think you're correct on that i also had a like built-in acceptance of calling her both Sam and Samantha that I don't have with Trisha that I think it has been established on the show. I think you're correct. Cool. But yeah, I feel like Samantha's a little like that was supposed to be my role, Delaney. Like you know, and Delaney I think is kind of just effortless effortlessly, you know, a lot easier than I had saying that word, but is just effortlessly again, I stuff effortlessly um just kind of Filling that position. People are liking her. Mm-hmm. She also is comfortable in the woods and is doing a lot towards building shelter. Yeah. And Climbing up trees, being Aussie. Just to say, I think it's understandable to feel frustrated that someone else, not even 
that it's anything against Delaney or that Sam is being jealous or shitty, but just like, oh shit, this person is like formidable socially. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, Samantha, we also learned that Samantha knows William. Yes, bluehead. Yeah, blue hair. Speak- on the other tribe, is William on the other tribe or is William on that tribe? Uh, William is on Azaban. Okay, cool. Speaking of bluehead, uh, they're building some shelter. And he goes to give a little hoist <laughs> up the into the tree to yes. Delaney as how adventurous she's feeling, to which she well, replies. Well, I'm on fucking Survivor, aren't I? The only thing to say, right? Yes. And then, yeah, the whole tribe comes to help hoist her into the tree. Mm, or yes. I, I think you read the situation maybe <laughs> as... Sam kind of making fun of the situation of like, oh, ha, 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 let's us hoist. And then, like, then actually helped. But initially was, like, making fun of the situation. I didn't clock that, but I hope you're right. Mm, I'm pretty sure I was right. Mike, vibing on Samantha. Manscaped Mike. Mike, big on Samantha. Um, And, yeah, Samantha is aware and friendly with Bluehead. He filmed a season that she participated in. So it's like this low-key connection that William is particularly mm-hmm. hoping to build upon because his thoughts are... This is a connection that no one knows I have. No one could possibly be aware of it outside of, you know, people that know Samantha specifically and no one seems to. Or production. Right. Which they don't matter in the context (laughs) of the game. They matter so much. Wow. Wow. Shots fired. Yep. Bang, bang. And then the moment. Oh, my God. That I would quit the fucking game. My nightmare. So this is like, okay, I could never play one of these games. I probably couldn't be on production for one of these games because this is the moment that I would decide that this is not for me. Let me get back into my fucking closet and talk about it. I would maybe survive past this moment, but I would just be constantly freaked out Mm -hmm. that I have the same situation going on. Let's stop beating around the bush. What happens? There's a fucking tick in Trisha's Trisha's hair. Yeah, Andy, you know, God love Andy and Trisha love Andy post this moment, but he fucking eagle-eyes it from across the camp and it's like oh you've got a tick in your hair and she's Uh, got dark hair i don't know how he sees this no he goes full chimp Uh, he pulls it out and then just like a fucking beast rips it in half oh my goodness i could like i would immediately be like oh my gosh check the rest of me where are the rest but then it's like okay oh my gosh no i'm here i'm here for the next fucking four days i'm gonna have like 20 ticks on me by the end of this and probably have Lyme's disease. I better fucking win that $500 at the end of this. Right. To favor my Lyme's disease medication. <laughs> uh, I just do a daily tick check, you know? You can't get fully naked. Well, You're not going to have somebody, like, looking under your stuff for ticks? Do a self-tick check to the extent that you can. Have a partner check you in the areas you're comfortable being checked, and then just pray. These bitches can tell that I am not an outdoor person. Oh, no. I'm like, <laughs> no. Oh, my God, a tick. Please save me. Listen, I fucking work from home. There's days I don't even see the sky. You know, I don't get out of my pajamas some days, okay? <laughs> That's my life. I'm not finding ticks anywhere. And I'm loving it. Vamp, vamp, code, bop, vamp. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> you know that Justin Timberlake sings that? What? That that's Justin Timberlake. Really? I think so. Mm. There's at least a version that he sings. Interesting. <laughs> not he's not always doing the ba 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 ba. Surely there's a Justin Timberlake ba 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 ba. 
I don't know. You know what? I'm going to double down. It is him saying it every time. Okay. Do you know if Justin Timberlake narrates every Jesus. McDonald's commercial? Do you know Justin Timberlake is a god and only eats burgers from McDonald's? That's his full diet? Yes. Man, he looks so good. Um, And then are you ready to talk idols? Let me see here. Just a few notes. Dan looks like Pete Townsend of The Who. And I like Dan. I'm rooting for Dan. Andy's a wild card. I like Dan too. Yes. Um, Trisha knows that Andy has an idol. Dan saw it, and then Andy ends up just showing everyone that he has an idol, well, kind of he, revealing it to the tribe. He okay. This, can we talk about this for a moment though? Because Andy does this in multiple folds. He fucking goes to confessional and talks about how he's super fucked up a bunch already well, no, okay. and well, you made a ton of mistakes. You can't gloss over this moment because I I don't know how I feel about Andy and he definitely moves the needle in the right direction by, you know, I've made a mistake. That's generous. I've made a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> really great talking head. Uh, and then it was like, yeah, I basically found an idol in front of multiple people and then decided to show everyone the idol, which I mean, in that case, you have to. That's like what you have to do, I guess, if you know that everyone saw you find the idol and everybody knows. But you don't need to like make such a I, I don't know. Do you just be like, hey, guys, just so you know, found the idol at the flag. I know half of you saw that. Or do you do what he did and you like pull it out, read the whole thing. So there's no questions that nobody's like wondering if you're not telling a full truth. But it's a little bit of a tough situation. He's no John. He can't. You know, he doesn't have the subterfuge or he the, had no allergy meds. He has no sleight of hand skills like John. It's a tough situation. I think I do fall on the side of thinking it's probably better not to just openly tell everyone and maybe have it be a secret that's known amongst most people but then it's a little bit i don't know just what's the point of showing everyone they know you have it they'll tell so you so that nobody has any questions right so I that nobody's so. like oh i wonder if it was an advantage and he's just not telling us or like... i guess does it make it seem like you're being open-handed with information or does it make you seem like a naive player because i don't know I and mean, i think just even viewing it from Dan's perspective, he's like, well, I get why he did that, but I don't think it's necessarily the smartest move. Valid. And then... Yeah, are you ready for immunity? And Okay, there is this moment, though, when Andy opens up the idol package, and you get this, like... And it's so reminiscent of... Super Mario World, when you complete a level <laughs> and you run and you jump and you have to like grab the flagpole and depending on how high up on the flagpole you touch, okay. depends on how many points you get at the end of the level. Huh. I just want to know if Taylor is emanating or is inspired, emanating maybe wasn't the right word there, <laughs> was inspired by Mario in making that soundtrack choice. Hmm. Okay. And speaking of soundtrack choices, before we go to reward slash immunity i'm loving it is this the place to eat since i don't cook i'll just rock to the beat i'm loving it at the end of the day to relieve the stress we add a little play i'm loving it sometimes we have mishaps. is this all justin timberlake so we'll adapt to setbacks. i'm loving it you know you're my world i have no idea my 
Don't worry, this is almost over. Okay, I was like, you're really gonna... You know, this is gonna be a super fucking long episode, Cody, and we're wasting a whole minute and a half on fucking Justin Timberlake McDonald's. I think he might always be the person doing the... That doesn't sound like the... (laughs) All right, worth it. All right, let's get into this challenge. So here we go. Immunity challenge number one. One, 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 one. Here's what they're doing. What are they doing? So tribe members are holding posts and kind of forming a bridge. Yes. I've got one end of a post. Another person has the other. And then one person on each tribe is walking across those posts on the bridge we're forming. Yes. Then the person in the back goes to the front and we're like making a moving, walking bridge. Um. They have to go collect puzzle pieces from three different tables. Yes. And then work on a word puzzle, flip the word puzzle on the back, get the combination to locks again, open the locks, and then make fire. Yes. I love how intricate each challenge has been so far. I mean, it's super fucking fun. It's also like a lot there's a lot you have to do in this challenge they are not making it easy absolutely not miko won the reward challenge earlier so they have less puzzle pieces they have to work with Mm -hmm. an easier puzzle correct no not an easier puzzle just some are collected for them i believe oh okay i see that makes sense yeah they have to collect less pieces yes okay that makes more sense um and it goes really fucking quick we've got caitlin being the person walking on the elevated bridge platform for Miko and Delaney doing it for Azban. At one point, they get to like a headbutt, and I think it's Caitlin that's like, it's their problem if we're in the way. And then John gets like real feisty with Sam and is like making Sam block them. And it's like, well, wait, no, they're waiting for us. We're the last players. We need to go give her her walking bridge. And Delaney's like, I will jump over you. Like, I'm not going to let you impede our progress here. But a little feisty, little little feisty. I did not expect the collision. It seems like it could have been easily avoided, honestly. It's not a great look. It's because one person would have had to go slightly. And it's like, no, we're going to take the inside. Well, they're not moving. It's like, come on, guys. I guess I love the hustle. Mm. Good hustle out there, guys. Mm. Clap, clap. Coach Cody. Good okay. hustle. Um, Gray is talking really loud at the puzzle. And I wonder well, if that... you're just jumping to the puzzle here? Oh, I mean... They're pretty neck and neck. Yes. Upon arriving at the puzzle. Yeah. And walking on the balancing sticks looks exhausting. It's super exhausting. And it looks like it hurt your feet. Absolutely. So... Um, the phrase that they are deciphering is don't make this vote. Don't make this next vote your last. Yes. As a bam, clearly in the lead. And yeah, it's like really Miko falls apart at like flipping the puzzle pieces over. They have a hard time. Cause it's like, uh, you got to flip and slide. Right. It seems like maybe Azaban is just flipping individual pieces to go faster that Miko, after solving it, is trying to do it as a whole and are really struggling with it. Yeah. This is a moment where Mike makes a misstep, though, for the Azaban tribe. 
he gets a little bit feisty and a little bit frantic and irritable verbally frustrated directing other people at the puzzle and it's a moment it's so interesting from like a psychological point of view just the little things that can sink your game a thousand percent how you sleep how you conduct yourself at all times because everyone's here and friendly and having a good time so if you slip even in a small understandable way even in a way that maybe doesn't speak to how you are all the time it's just one thing for people to yeah. not like Point you. Two. Yeah. Um, but in true survivor fashion, fire building becomes the ultimate equalizer. Absolutely. The Miko isn't so far behind that they're not able to flip and get to the fire building. You know, they're not so far behind that they really have any advantage. They're still neck and neck. We end up having Justin on the fire for green and Andy on the fire for gray. And Will and Delaney are also helping on the fire. And Mary Ellen is also helping Justin. Yeah. One technique that um, the Miko tribe goes with is they really build up quickly. Where I feel like the Escaban tribe did like really trying to get that foundation solid before building up. One thing that Azaban does better than Miko, though, is they're really consciously blocking the wind and using their little like plastic Mm -hmm. supply bucket to specifically block the wind and i think it's that that gives them the edge uh not will massively blowing the smoke do you (laughs) catch it where he's just like breathing into this giant ball of smoke must be easy to have happen when you're in the moment andy throws aside his raccoon hat at one point to focus on on the fire And then, yeah, um, Miko, they get flame first, but Azban builds a much bigger, Mm -hmm. larger fire, and they win. Yeah. Miko looks absolutely crushed. So sad. They're like, but we were such good friends. Liza's got a great lumberjack shirt on, and she's got a great, weird, immunity, bark statue type thing that is the idol yeah it's just it's not like a it's like a weird it's almost a mask it's like oddly shaped it's cool it looks like it's a slice of timber yeah Yeah. absolutely um her lumberjack shirt is the official surviving main shirt i don't know if you clock the logo on the back but it's got that cool lumberjack on the front and then on the back is the surviving main logo so sweet I recognize that it was the main logo, but I didn't see the back. But I do like the lumberjack on the pocket. I agree. All right. So moving into our post-immunity tribe dynamics. Yeah. Larry floats taking out Justin. And Matt is absolutely not down with this. Kaya is hardcore missing her house and her cigarettes. (laughs) I'm okay to go home. Oh, wait, no, no. She quotes, I'm tired. I want a cigarette. I miss my house. And I want to go home. And the tribe is like, oh, do you really feel that way? And she <laughs> absolutely does. You know, I I don't want to take the spot of someone that wants to be here more. Yes. I'm happy to graciously bow out and go smoke several packs of cigarettes. Yes. Kaya's like, you know, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. But y'all really want to play? And I really want a Siggy. Privately, though, she is waffling a little bit to Justin. Mm -hmm. You can tell that she's not, that she would like to feel like it's totally cool and fine 
and maybe if they hadn't lost that she wouldn't even be thinking about i should be the person that goes home yeah or she'd just be like willing obviously there'd be no one to send home but maybe she wouldn't be in this headspace of i shouldn't be here and i just want to leave you know if not in that position it's not like she's not having a good time right she's surprised at how much fun she's been having absolutely um um matt Oh, and Caitlin Double gets them. the titular moment, says that our fire's not lit, but we are, even though you just mm. lost the challenge. I don't know how lit you are. Yeah, you don't seem very lit. You seem like really trying to buck people up, but it's not really working, question mark. It's also time to start tracking Larry at this point. And we only know that because we went back and rewatched. <laughs> Where's he at? How's he doing? Um, and then there also is just more talk about Miko saying, oh, bummer, Azaban isn't in the spot because they had so much bickering and really didn't get along that really it should be them. I'm sure they wouldn't even mind kicking somebody out. It's like, I don't quite know yeah, where they're getting this feeling. I, it's very unique that they feel this way. Matt is fair, feeling very salty towards Mike on the other tribe for the collision moment. Mm-hmm. He feels like Mike like really personalized it, that he felt that like Mike seemed to think he personally was being cut off. Right. I don't think that was the case at all. I don't think so either. No. And then Larry, we find out, is feeling weak and nauseous. Which I feel like this would just be how I would feel too. A thousand percent, like the whole time you were there. We also learned that it's the most active that he's been in the last three to four years. It's like this thing where, um, it's definitely my nightmare to be in the situation and to start feeling nauseous and not well and have people around you checking on you. And um, oh, yeah, like the constant, like, do you want to lay down? Have you had enough water? It's like, I'm an adult. I do know the things that like, but also like if you're feeling sick and you're on this tribe, people are going to be checking up on you. So it's hard. It's like, both. no, it's just, it. I think, and he understands that too, that it is something that is going to happen and everyone's trying to be nice, but it does suck to be that person in that situation. And they all know that too, but they have to check on him because it's like a thing. Right. But should we go lo- kick it with Azaban? I love Larry, but I just, he does maybe slightly unprepared to be out here, right? Like if if this is like something you're very interested in doing, okay, like if I were applying for surviving Maine, I'd probably be doing some fucking hiking. Yeah. I'd probably be like working on my cardio a little bit. Just a little I'd j- probably be playing with some puzzles. If only and I would sleep on the fucking ground a few times before I'd that. make a fire. If yep. only just to not be in the situation. And I wonder a little bit if just the wind has been taken out of Larry's mm-hmm. sails with his sister not being there and then this on top of it. And the heat and the rain, like it I'm sure it fucking sucks. The heat must be fucking brutal too. Yeah. Um he takes the knee, he exits the game. Hero music for Larry. Yes. Mary Ellen says that we know health is really important. And yeah. Um, Justin's just glad it means that Kaya's <laughs> not going home. Yes. Justin, I, it's an he has such an interesting perspective. It's like, oh, I really like Larry, but you know, secretly, I'm kind of happy it's him and not Kaya for the benefit of the tribe. Now, before we wrap up the episode, we have to talk about. We got to talk well. about Azban. They do go back to Azban. Um, 
As the band's happy that they won. They're riding high. They're not really fractured and at each other's throats, as Miko seems to think. They were really worried. I don't remember who said that, but somebody was really worried that they'd be like a forest type situation. And for a minute, I'm like, dude, you are in the fucking forest. But then I was like, no, they're referencing forest from the previous season. Like, I love that forest gets invoked. Yeah. So funny. You don't want to be a forest. Yeah. Um... I think Mike is possibly straying a little bit into forest territory. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting the amount of his um, frustration that we got to see during the actual challenge versus the amount of it that we get clips of when people are flashing back to that in- interaction. I think we got the same. Mm, we you think get, we saw more of we it? We saw more. We specifically saw like him swear one more time and like, like, that frustration clip was slightly longer than what we got to see when the challenge was happening. He flipped at the puzzle flip. He couldn't flip and handle it. And then Bluehead just being like, you know, if he's disturbing the vibes, he's out of here. Yeah, well, Will, you probably shouldn't be saying that if you're going to pour half the fucking bottle of rice in for one meal, bro. He makes a ton of rice. No rationing or consulting of anyone. Nope, just poured half the bottle in, and then people are like, wait a minute, have we done any, like, dividing up of the rice at all? Delaney's face... Yeah, I know. There's this, like, everyone is just reacting like, oh, boy, I don't know about this decision. And then we get, like, the montage of people's confessionals of just like, uh, that's a thing that happened that I'm really not sure how I feel about until I'm either given or not given more rice. Speaking of not given rice, Trisha decides to pass. How do you feel about this? I mean, she's keto. She doesn't want to explain what keto is to people, although I do think it's pretty common knowledge what keto is at this point. It is. It's very, I mean, she's from California, though, so. She ends up just telling people that I'm not hungry. I'm going to ride it out. It's not like a food. It's not like I can't eat white rice. It's yeah. not like I have celiac disease. And I'm Why gonna doesn't get she sick just like, oh, I'm celiac. I can't eat it. Well, you don't want to lie or True. just say I'm keto. But then in her talking, she's like, I don't want to be like I'm keto. Right. I'm... It's like, I don't eat grains. <laughs> and then, but she is also aware that it's being perceived as her possibly like taking a risk. I think it's just unnecessary. And a risk for the team, not a risk for I her. Know. People are taking it as a very personal attack on the team i just think i mean mike gets fucking famished after a few hours and will pass out and die so it's all fun to poke poke fun but i think mike is in the right here i think it's absolutely it's just confusing and a little bit strange and you are in a team dynamic out in the woods and you're just like i'm not gonna eat all weekend are you gonna eat something else if it's given to you you're just gonna power through and i don't think it's impossible but you are I think it's a terrible idea. If she were my tribe mate, I would be like, for your personal health and the health of the tribe, I think that's a really bad decision. I mean, and maybe it was just like, hey, this is day one. I ate a big meal this morning. I'm feeling good. I can hold out till tomorrow. I don't need to eat rice tonight. Like, we don't know if it's like she had rice in the morning and didn't that night, or if it was like, I'm not eating rice at all. Like, It almost seemed like she was saying, I'm going to try to ride it out. And I took that as like the whole weekend, but that is definitely an assumption I'm making. Yeah. I mean, she's probably assuming that they're going to get fruit, veggies, yogurts, those kind of things as well, maybe. All right. Let's put a bow on episode one here. My last note 
is that I'm fucking pissed that I don't have a Larry update. <laughs> I have a few final thoughts. Okay. Delaney, knee cherry tattoo. Pretty cool. Mike loves all Californians. Was it cherries or strawberries? I thought it was cherries. I think it might be strawberries. We'll have to look in episode three. Um, New Justin, same as old Justin. Same Justin. And also, why is Trisha constantly holding this rock? big, flat rock every time she's talking in confessionals and as she's walking around talking to people? Is it her pet rock? Is it like fucking Lord of the Flies, the speaking rock type huh. shit? I don't know. And I love the coloring on the gray buffs. Hell yeah. And then I do find it very funny that the credits roll over Liza being like, yeah, I'm really bummed for Larry. And that's just the end of the episode. <laughs> um, and I'm convinced personally that Larry has died and that Elon Musk or some type of Larry doppelganger is now running the Lair Bear Twitter account. Oh, my God. And from what he's been tweeting lately, I think it might be Elon. Why do you say that? I don't know, telling me to invest in Dogecoin and telling, asking if... It has synced in yet with pictures of a sink and shit like that. You know, is Elon that stuff. really happening for Jer Bear? Lair Bear? Lair Bear. And we have There's no... There's not even a Jerry, is there? No. No tribal because Larry left. Right. And I do... Which he was hoping. He was hoping it would save people from tribal. It'd be funny if he had to go to, to tribal, tribal anyway. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. Just because he said that too. What's happening? Doctor! Doctor! I want to play a quick game with everyone who's voted off and just say which incarnation of the doctor they would be. Because I'm on a big Doctor Who kick. Oh, God. And if you don't want to join me, that's okay. What doctor would Larry be? I think he's doctor number three, John Pertwee. Because he's stoic. He's powerful. But ultimately, unknowable. Hmm. That's Larry. And with that, we'll hop into episode number two. Let's take a quick oh, okay. break and then head on into episode two. Love it. Welcome back to Survivor Cast International Surviving Maine episodes one and two. And we're talking episode two. And, you know, there are a couple of shots of Larry. Okay. Yes. Uh, in the opening credits, we see Larry playing the game where you have like a flat platform that you're holding. And something rests on top and you're trying to knock the other person's thing off their platform while avoiding them knocking yours off. Yes. Not anything we've seen Larry do in the game. No. But then furthermore, we get a... That's timestamp three minutes and 50 seconds. We have Larry at the fire. Yes. We see a clip of Larry or possibly his ghost. Hashtag ghost of Larry. Off in the back, he's not really interacting with anyone or looking at anyone. So I think it might just straight up be an apparition. But yeah, I, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for Ghost Larry popping up the rest of the season. 
Speaking of Larry, we do get news that he's doing well. And lots of, yay, we love Larry, and please send love to Larry type sentiments. that stupid. I do have to say there's a little bit of stolen valor going on. Um, John referring to Larry as a fallen comrade. People saying that he was medevaced out. I mean, he's okay, guys. He had like 10 steps toward heap stroke. Not um, heat stroke, but heap stroke. Heap stroke. Heap stroke. Who we should be fucking celebrating is Stephanie, who just survived her first night of sleeping outside. Yes, and apparently it was hot in that tent. Hot. Hot. Hot tent. Um, speaking of sleeping, John gets a big old target <laughs> on his back. Thank goodness he has that idol no one knows about because he is the snorer and everyone's a little bit irritated at him about it. Shut the fuck up. You shouldn't be snoring. And they feel like his wife should earn an award for sleeping with him every night. <laughs> you don't know their life. They might have separate bedrooms. You don't know my life. I don't sleep with my wife. Uh, I, yeah, that sucks. Because you're fucking sleeping on the ground and lots of people snore. And it's like you can see both sides. A you thousand can't percent. help it. But also sleep is a very necessary resource. A thousand percent. Matt is feeling like the fun bubble has popped and now everyone is just trying to get through the game. And really wants the queers to do well. Yeah, I'm into that, right? That's fine. You're a queer person and you want you or another queer person to win. I fully support that. I do too. Justin then calls out this thing where he... Is like, if it comes down between John or Caitlin, the two people that I'm kind of batting around or considering, Mm -hmm. you know, considering physical ability, Mm -hmm. speed and agility. Mm -hmm. I just think that one of these people is going to be an asset and one of them is going to be a detriment. John fucking murdered those puzzles. And Caitlin actively lost you the reward challenge. Bitch jumped off. Well, it's just like, I've got nothing against Caitlin. No. It's just a little bit frustrating to be, you know, this person's an asset because of their physical appearance and this person's not an asset because of their physical appearance. Mm -hmm. We've had two challenges. John has killed in the puzzles at both and Caitlin has kind of fucked up and not done anything notable. So, but John's the person I want to send home. Yeah. Completely looking, overlooking his positive, what he brings to the tribe. A lot. And yeah, it's just silly. It is very silly. I agree. There's a lot of aligning against John. Justice for John. It's hard to be a large person on any iteration of Survivor, I think. I agree. And then, yeah, lots of people coalescing around Matt still in the second episode. Stephanie kind of has this feeling that Matt is aligning with everybody. Yeah. And Miko still fixated on Azaban. And John specifically brings back up. Gene boy, hashtag Gene boy, hashtag Dan's wet jeans, hashtag soaking wet jeans, clinging to Dan's thighs and shaving them. Hashtag wet Dan. Wet Dan. Wet Dan. Um, Speaking of Azaban and William. Hashtag George. You ready to go there? There's a joke about George. Hashtag George joke. I'm ready. Azaban. Is fully out of rice. Yes. William decides to cook the remainder of the rice this morning. Hashtag bluehead chef. And then he has this 
what I'm going to say is misconception. <laughs> he had he's under the impression that because he is the rice cooker, everyone views him as a provider, that he's doing such good things for the tribe, that people really admire and look up to and value him because of this. You know, I just love food. And I just love fire and I just love hosting. And I just think that's what I'm bringing to the tribe. My love of food and fire and hosting. I think his heart's in the right place. Yes. And it is good to be a provider. I don't know if cooking all the rice over the span of 12 hours is being a great provider. No. And nobody's happy about it, William. And that you have to do more than just cook the rice to be a provider. I think you have to be cooking the rice and like gathering water. Maybe it's a little bit harder in this smaller of a game to really be a provider especially because the time frame of the game is so accelerated the way you provide is through challenges right 100 percent. you be a john yeah um andy decides to leave some breathing um some yoga stretching really really reminds me of john yeah from stokeyard absolutely they're like the same person right here they also look pretty they look, similar i know and it wasn't until this moment that i fucking realized it but i'm like this is fucking john and andy can i tell you this guy john we're talking about he's a fucking bona fide male model he is he is a male model he's a literal male model who runs a sauna company so yes you look like john from stokeyard sauna company so andy we're saying you're hot. Not too bad, my friend. Your wife or husband, whoever is your partner, because you're a stay-at-home dad. True. Sam. He's a Sam. S-A-H-M. Stay-at-home. Oh, he's a sad. <laughs> S-A-H-D. Stay-at-home dad. Yeah, I'm sad. Stay-at-home dad. Well, they're lucky, Sod. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's hot. Yeah. And they must be making bank. So and you're lucky. Probably making pretty babies, too, right? Yeah. Do you think all of his kids also have little raccoon hats? Mm, I hope so. I hope they all have little raccoon like onesies. Aww. And him and his partner have the little raccoon hats. That's that would idea. be adorable. And then they have a little cat in a little raccoon onesie too. And a pet raccoon. There we go. That they feed berries too. We also find out that there's some snorers on the Azaban tribe. They don't care as much. Jess and Mike get the snore scarlet letters and... We do find out that there's some like cartoon, like, some whistle. I don't know if there's any purring, like uh, the like snore whistle. Yeah. Delaney's feeling good and wants a lady alliance. Love a lady alliance popping up, and Trishan thought, okay, uh, so she gathers Trish and Jess to begin the lady alliance. And there's this funny moment where Trish is like asking Jess and Delaney. If they're all like, oh, like, are we good? And Delaney and uh, Jess are like, yeah, we're good. And Trish took that as like the two of you are <laughs> yes. good and I'm not necessarily good. Maybe Trisha is a little bit more socially Trisha, oh, awkward gosh. Now than I'm, I'm shortening her name now. You were. Um, but maybe she's a little bit more so socially awkward than we first like cued in on. But it blows over immediately and just becomes a fun joke amongst the three of them that probably just brings them closer together. Now, the person who's not close together with this group, and this is the first time this is brought up, which ultimately leads to a demise, yes. is Sam. And this, like, read that maybe Sam isn't as invested as everyone else because she was asked last minute because she was friends with Liza. 
there's that. And then there's also that she has been very, very open and has mentioned to multiple people a few times that she doesn't necessarily want to be here, that she was kind of consigned into playing the game and that she would be okay being the first person voted off. And then Andy also thinks that Sam has played before. Yes. And then there's also this thought of her being very close to production and maybe she has some deeper awareness of the game or that makes her a threat strategically. I mean, she's kind of openly saying like, I don't care about the game and I kind of don't want to be here. And I understand her emotional arc and feelings later in the episode. And of course, very valid, but I mean, come on, you're shooting yourself in the foot. A thousand percent. Mike likes Sam, but wants her out and anything there's this moment of will and trisha talking at the water cooler and it's like will is super into it and i think it's just awkward as fuck well and i think trisha is feeling a little bit like i'm hearing a lot of different stuff from different people and i'm aligned with the ladies but now blue head is trying to pull me in so I've got like this five sum of people and is that too many people? And this is a lot to keep track of. And then it's also revealed that Dan is tar- targeting William <laughs> because he thinks that William doesn't fit in. I think Dan is misreading the situation. A thousand percent. Dan is like, Bluehead is the socially awkward guy not jiving with anyone. That's you, Dan. <laughs> Some lack of awareness. I like you, Dan. And I like Dan, too. I also like Bluehead, but just very much not clearly seeing what's going on here. He's always like the weird offbeat guy. And it's like, just because he has like blue hair. Yeah. And then William thinks that Dan is squirrely. Yes. And a tryhard that he's like going yeah. all over, talking to everyone, which is like, that's I mean, what you're supposed to do with Survivor. He's being very salty at Dan for socializing yes. and making connections with people. But then Mike thinks that Will is squirrely and was like, I'm, he's on Dan's side. I'm connecting with Dan and Mike and Will is over here trying to blow up that situation. And then Jess is like, fuck them both. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and this is when we find out that Will knows Mike and Jess. Yes. From Ponderosa. They're a thousand percent. Hashtag the Ponderosa three. The Ponderosa pals, some might say. Oh, you know what they are? They're the doctor and Amy Pond and Rory Pond. Oh, but who's the doctor? Mm, I guess it has to be Bluehead, right? I guess. And that would make... Jess and Dan? A married couple? Or Mike? Is it Mike Jess or and Mike are... Or right. is Mike Amy and... No. No. Jess is Amy Pond and Mike is Jess is the, the doctor. Oh, curveball. Will is Amy. Mike is Rory. I love it. I think that's what it is. Mike is the last centurion mm. and loves Bluehead, but Bluehead loves Jess. And Jess is just like, I'm a time and space traveling super being. Exactly. Okay, you nailed it. Uh, ready for reward and immunity? Yeah, please excuse my noisy notes. Swish, 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 swish. All right. Challenge. Liza reveals that Larry has gone for medical reasons. Yes. Everyone's sad. Dan Never want to see someone go that way. Moment before, <laughs> Dan is like, oh, I knew it was going to be Larry. I called it. And then feels bad. Right. For, like, oh, celebrating. <laughs> And then we get told that the reward for this challenge will be... We get a great drum roll on the soundtrack, 
and cue that Mario music that that I talked about earlier. Yes. Comes back and I love it. The reward that they are going to play for is a little coffee date. Boo. Yeah. Okay. And this is coming from someone who like will lovingly make myself and my husband espresso every day. I adore coffee. Absolutely. But one of these tribes has not eaten for nearly 24 hours. 100%. And the other tribe has only eaten rice. I also love coffee, but I absolutely hate the feeling of drinking coffee when I haven't gotten enough sleep. Or on an empty stomach. Which sounds counterintuitive, but if I'm like less than five hours of sleep and I drink coffee, it doesn't wake me up. It just makes me feel manic and jittery. Yeah. And yes, if I drink coffee without eating enough food or drinking enough water, I feel fucking terrible. That acid reflux? Has anybody got some Toms? For me, it's just like stomach knots, lightheadedness, and feeling extremely nauseous. Yeah, I'm going to say... I pull a real Larry. There needs to be like fucking pastries or coffee cake or something with the coffee. What are you thinking? No, give me a fucking apple, pastries and coffee cake. Well, but if you're thinking reward and like what goes together, right? Well, yeah, I would love to see coffee, some pastries and an apple for each of you. Maybe that's too much though. That is too much. So anyways, they're playing for coffee. Uh, Day camp coffee trip. They call it like day camp excursions. It's kind of interesting. Silly. I I dig it. And immunity, though. And immunity. So one person unties and untangles a sled and then turns it around. The next person runs out and retrieves a puzzle piece and then sits in the sled. The rope is long enough that the people are able to just pull them in the sled to them. And you do that three times over. Yes. Then two people solve the puzzles. Yes. So to jump off the challenge, it's Dan versus Justin on the race to the sled. No, it's Andy versus Justin. Oh, why do I have Dan? It's Andy versus Justin. And it's funny that my next note is Andy's the first to the sled. (laughs) So I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But yes, Andy is first there. Um, Gray catches up quick. It's like a boom, 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 boom kind Blue of challenge. Head is the first person to be pulled for Azaban. Matt's first person to be pulled for Miko. They're really neck and neck throughout the whole thing. Caitlin goes second for Miko. Jessica goes second for Azaban. Miko slightly pulls ahead. Yes. Uh, Dan is third for Azaban. Steph is third. Trisha. Oh, I, my notes are all fucked up here. Uh, and last, the last run is Kaya. For Miko and Trisha. For okay, yeah, Trisha's the last round. But there's Miko. only, yeah, okay. And then Miko starts the, because pu- there's the initial run to get the sled. True. And then the three. There you go. So that's why we were off. Um, Best moment here, Trisha being like little kid excited being oh pulled gosh. in the sled. Like, wee! She even mentions it later. Yes. She had such a good time. I like Trisha a lot. I, I have to too. say. Because she's from California. <laughs> I don't know why that's such a... Is Mike from California? No, he's just obsessed with people from California or something. He's just like some flyover state guy who thinks like the West Coast is the most amazing thing. I mean, if you're gay from the Midwest, maybe you would. So we know that he's a Tupac guy and not a Biggie guy. Mm. John is the puzzle king. He absolutely fucking kills this puzzle. Oh, he is astounding. The even the idea that John was ever a discussion is like 
hopefully kicked out of your mind at this point. Well, now the thing happens after this challenge True. where it's like, oh, maybe he's a little too good at puzzles. Maybe his asset is another reason to vote him off, actually. Yeah. Um, the genes really do not appear to be hampering Dan. No, Dan is impressive in his pants. He's got impressive pants. He hasn't mentioned them once. He's still wearing them. He's doing fine. Can I definitely keep my eye on his pants all season to see if the jeans stay on? I hope they don't. Oh, God. John retrieves the immunity idol. And, uh, yeah. Miko goes to their day camp coffee trip. Um, but they do ask, okay, coffee's all nice and all, but when the fuck do we get our fucking flint? And Liza says she'll consult, which I wonder what that means. Who are you consulting? Who is running this game? Who's the puppet master behind the strings? Well, Liza is, Seems. but she doesn't maybe want to make the call. No, I'm just kidding. I think, and I mean, it doesn't mean that she's not in charge just because she asks other people True. their opinion. Um, and then... Caitlin makes a comment. Liza also reveals that there's a shot in the dark. Oh, true, 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 true. I did not expect that to be in play. I'm fine with it. I do kind of like the shot in the dark element. You know, that you can, for anyone who would possibly not be initiated, you true. have a chance to forego your vote for a 50-50 chance of being safe or not safe to avoid being voted off. Well, not even a 50-50 chance. It's like... One of the papers. Oh, you're right. In the pile of you're papers, right. and there's a pile for each person that's still in the game. I was thinking it's like a, a coin. Like a coin. But no, no, it's, a, yeah. it's way worse of a chance. So fucking stupid of someone later on. But we'll talk about that later. His reasoning is very interesting. Um, and then, but Caitlin does give us a fun comment. You know, I can sit in a sled pretty well. It's like okay, funny stuff. Yes. I wonder what type of coffee they're drinking. What brand and what roast? You can see that they get the little, like, creamer pour-ins. That's nice. Um, Marianne is like, you know, I don't drink cof coffee often. And she's, like, bouncing off the fucking walls. Matt also mentions that he doesn't really like coffee, but he's going to have some. Um, John is wearing a Bruins hat, which I'm realizing as I say it, I did say earlier as well. I think it's some type of baseball team. Brewers? Bruins. Bruins. Hmm, I have no idea. Some type of uh, curling team, I think. Hmm. I think the most fun is watching Kaya's like journey of self-discovery and positivity in this. Yes. Lots of like, you know, I'm not totally shit at this and I do bring value. And Although people do feel the need to be like, because this is when she mentions that she bought three packs of cigarettes and left them in her car. And people are like, well, don't throw the challenge just to get a cigarette. So, I mean, it isn't good humor, but I think there is an awareness that and maybe she's also becoming aware of it, that that, you know, might be a... it might be a reason to vote you off if hmm. you talk about that stuff too much. There is a moment where everyone cheers to Larry, get a little Larry toast, and I swear I saw some spectral images on the Larry, edge of the gathering. Larry. Larry. And then there's lots of big gay relationship talk. Hashtag, oh yeah. No, that's nice. There's some talk. I think it's, uh, is it John? Or is it Mike? Mike. Manscaped Mike. Mike. Talking about, you know, it was very interesting to listen to, just going too fast and then having the opportunity in the pandemic to or go was slow. that justin i think it was was it justin i, I feel like know. it was mike somebody was talking about how like oh and oftentimes in the gay community at least from this person's perspective maybe it was justin there's this like 
automatic, we're going to be sexual. And then when that fizzles out, there's not a lot left. There's no real connection. But then he found himself in the opposite position with the pandemic where he kind of inadvertently friend zoned himself because they had no physical connection to kind of light that spark early on. Right. That they spent so much time talking, getting to know each other. But by the time that they got together in person, it was like, ah, you're like my buddy. I, I don't want to suck your dick. <laughs> or other stuff. I just, um, there's a really good balance going on these two episodes where I'm getting to know everyone. The episodes are an hour long, but they don't feel an hour long. The placement of challenges in relation to like talking heads and non-challenge stuff is so well balanced. It's a really important thing to strike. Because if you watch some LRGs, it's like within the first 10 minutes, you do the challenge and then it's an hour of just people talking. Yeah. It's very well done. I'm ready to talk pre-tribal if you are. Let's go to Azban. Um, Andy jokes asking if anyone needs to be medevaced out. And then it's like they do this thing that I notice more so in LRGs than I ever notice in like um non-fan-made survivor the like let's each pair off with the person to your right don't fucking like it i think it's designed to avoid anyone feeling left out mm-hmm. and it's kind of this thing of everything is accelerated so we don't have time to just laze about true. camp and let true, things true, naturally true. happen but i feel like there are like it sows more frustration and doubt than anything else if if this hadn't happened, I feel like a few groups would have gotten together and figured someone to vote out and there wouldn't have been so much like, did this person really say this or is this person lying about things? And it's interesting and it's all self-imposed. It you is. Know, they, it's just their manner of organizing amongst themselves. It'll be interesting to see if Miko does a similar thing next episode if they have to vote someone off. Um, Delaney at this moment starts to vote or float the idea of maybe voting off Sam because of a lack of dedication, possibly. And like, then we get this cut to Sam crying, talking about how, like, at the start of the game, I maybe like vocalized that I didn't necessarily care if I was here or not. But now that I'm in, I'm invested and want to play. And it's like, fucking tell the people that no. you already told that you weren't interested in playing that you fucking changed your mind. She's I what I think turns this moment around for Sam and doesn't make it a moment that I find grating is that she is self-aware. Mm-hmm. She's aware of like, I came in and was kind of aloof about how much I want to be here. And now it's silly that I'm being emotional, but I had to sit out this challenge. Now I'm feeling kind of left out of conversations. I feel like it's just a done deal that I'm out and that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So I like that she is aware that she kind of put herself in this position to an extent. Yeah. But, you know, it's very relatable. And she's got like a fuck. You see this bling she's got on her finger? No. She's got a big old ring. Looks good. So, I mean. Bigger than mine. At the end of the day, can't be too sad. Bigger than mine. I don't know. No, of course not. As the person who bought it for you, no. (laughs) And then, aside from the Sam feelings, we get Dan V. (laughs) William really coming to a head here. And like... William William and Dan are the first to pair off and talk. And they, like, William is trying to pitch Sam, but Dan's not having it. So Dan then tries to put 
push Trisha. They're both and William very... knowing. Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. William knowing that he's like, okay, we're not gonna agree and we're not gonna align. I'm just gonna like lip service you and move on. William seems a little bit more aware of that than Dan is. I think Bluehead is fully like, I'm not voting for Dan, and I'm maybe. Or I'm not voting with Dan and I'm maybe voting for Dan, mm-hmm. depending on if I can get the votes. And Dan is more just generally cagey, not quite sure w- where William stands. And yeah, he throws out Trisha and then William is like off to the races. The next person that Dan goes to talk to after William is Trisha. And tells Trisha that William threw out her name. He's getting a little sloppy here. And, and I think like, it yeah. almost bites him in the butt. Um, then there's this like conversation that Will continues to have. He's like, he, he moves from loosely targeting Dan to like pointedly targeting Dan. Um, is this what you're talking about? I'm sorry. Not at all, but that's okay. No, 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 you go. Um, I have it when he transitions to targeting Sam. Okay. And his like description of like why he's targeting Sam and specifically like pointing to like feeling like she has the least to offer. Is he talking about Sam or Dan? Cause I think he's talking about Dan there. Okay. Well, he, either he, way he pivots to, he fully pivots to like Dan is pulling shenanigans. Sam has way more to offer mm, than Dan does. Okay. Yeah. Plus Sam is a better meat shield. You're right. And it's like, Trisha's just like, I don't know who to trust at this point. I don't know if I can like, she says this really interesting thing of William is this very well-spoken, confident and calm guy where Dan has this like nervous energy to him and is not as well-spoken. So I'm more inclined to believe William because of that. Mm -hmm. But you can see that she's struggling with that knee jerk thing. It's just very interesting. Well, and I just feel like it's not, this isn't the way to be talking about people. Yeah. I, it, it kind of ties back a little bit into like Justin talking about John of reducing people to this person has nothing to offer mm-hmm. or this person has more to offer than that person. Yeah. When, I mean, this you're not playing for a million dollars. You are, and like, I get it. It's fine. You're playing a game and you probably mean nothing by it, but it, it does come across a little bit harsh and maybe you can police your language slightly better than that. I agree. I, I mean, I feel like you can. Yeah, because I mean, surely they both have something to offer and surely Dan hasn't proven himself to be completely worthless. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, And then Trisha gives one of my favorite quotes. Um, If I'm, if I'm blindsided, I'm going to be like, okay, you did a nice job. I, I was blindsided. No, right. I fucking adore you, Trisha. I do like that. Mike swoops in and he's hardcore in Dan's corner He's a little bit weirded out at how hard Will is pushing for Dan. And he really tries to save Dan and just kind of speaks on like Will is really the person who's trying to lead this vote. And Mm. I'm not comfortable with that. And he's hardcore targeting Dan Mm. for reasons that maybe aren't as like, you know, tribe centric as he's making it out to be. Okay. And I just think Will is clearly the more dangerous player than Dan, right? If I'm a person on this tribe and I'm worried about my longevity, I think Dan and Will are maybe equally physically. And I think I'm much more concerned about Bluehead's game and his social savviness than Dan's. I think I disagree. 
Really? I think Dan is under the radar enough that he'd be making moves I wasn't aware of. Mm. Where Will, I feel like if you get on his good side, you know where he's at or you're aware enough of where he's at and who he's talking to to, like, pin him down. Will has all his eggs in one basket. Dan has all of his eggs in many baskets. (laughs) Yes. Let's go to tribal. Let's go to tribal. Liza, all gears firing on her hosting machine, asks if anyone wants to start. Everyone's pretty low energy, so she asks some pointed questions to get some talking going. Uh, Yeah, they basically say that they're not happy to be there. Surprise. And that they bonded as a group. So that's not helpful with voting someone out. (laughs) Mike is basing his vote on tribal strength. Uh, Dan says that he bases trust on first impressions. Liza asks about the shot in the dark. And I feel like people kind of throw production under the bus a little bit in their response of like, like, well, you didn't tell us, so we weren't expecting it. So it didn't come into play at all. It's like, well, it could now. Feels a little passive aggressive. Yes. There's this moment when Dan is talking and Will behind his back, because Dan is in the front row and Will is right behind him, is like talking to, I believe, Trisha, being like, vote for Dan yes. as Dan is talking. Love um, but not a good, but Mike was on the other side of him and was not into that. Uh, also, not a fan of Will's like holier than thou moment. Where he, like, plays his mini violin saying, like, I worked my ass off for this tribe and it's sad to even hear my name being said. Here's my thing, though. I I think it's all an act. And I think he plays it very well. Because he's doing this thing. And it is kind of funny to be like, I love this tribe. I've worked so hard for this tribe. Feels a little disingenuous. Yeah. But when he goes to vote, he plays his shot in the dark. And... I don't even think he's really worried about being voted off at this no. tribal. I think he is validating. He doesn't want to vote Sam. He doesn't want to vote Sam, and he's doing this thing to like make it seem like he's worried, so he played his shot in the dark. So that's just the narrative he's playing. When he's not at all worried about going home, he just doesn't want to vote for Sam and doesn't want to throw a hinky vote out on Dan, and Dan will probably know it was him. So I think he's just, I don't know crafting this narrative the like the specific wording he uses is weird but interesting i mean i i was curious why he didn't throw a hinky vote at dan but yeah dan would totally know you could throw a hinky vote at like one of dan's like allies but again sometimes those come back to haunt you because people sometimes like start to try to track down where those votes came from absolutely it it can become a nightmare well will plays a shot in the dark He's yes. not safe. And, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, also, like, I took note that nobody was searching for the idol in the voting room until, until Will comes. Very smart. Because as we've seen on season two, there very well can be idols hidden in that area. So... Is Dan, yeah, Will, like, describes Dan as sketchy and that he threw him under the bus in his private confessional while voting, which I don't think is really the case or what happened, but whatever, it's all good. And then the votes come in. Three votes on Sam, one vote on Dan. Who voted for Dan? Sam. 
Oh, yeah, obviously. Never mind. <laughs> Duh. And yeah, it was just interesting to see the number of votes for Dan. I definitely expected more. I thought Dan was going home. Oh, me too. Also, like, must be hard being Liza, having talked your friend into, like, playing last minute, and then they're, like, the first one voted out. Yeah. If she hadn't gotten emotional, I'm sure it would have been a lot easier, and then you could just be like, oh, well, thanks for filling in, and now you can be a part of production and, and just hang have out, fun. Yeah. But I'm sure it was just a momentary thing. And now you get to be with your friend and cool. get to fucking hang Eat out some and fucking food. Yeah, exactly. And you get to be there and not do any of the shitty stuff. Get drunk in front of all those bitches. Yeah. Just be wasted the whole weekend. Yes. She does seem very unhappy. Yes. Very unhappy. It's whatever. They all lied straight to my face. I know. The Sam story. Sam is hurt. And I, I, I <laughs> the last hilarious quote from Bluehead. You deserve better than this. Yeah. As far as voting, not voting for Sam. Yeah. Compared to what? Compared to who? Dan? I guess not being lied to. It's inherent to the game. It is. It you is. It's lied, part of the game. You would have lied to Dan if you voted. He doesn't deserve better than that. It's it's such a weird. It just ties back into what you're saying. The way people describe other people and people's choice of words is just like, what is the sentiment you're getting at exactly? Yeah. Well, now that Sam has been voted off. What's happening? Doctor! I have to say that Sam is definitely the Joe Martin fugitive mm. doctor. Oh. Would look pretty fly in like a, a coat with lots of buttons and some tie-dye underneath. Okay. So that's my choice. I love it. And since we're at the end of the episode, do you know what time it is, Jacqueline? I do. It just happens to be... Award time! Award time! At the end of every week, we're going to rotate, handing out a series of awards to some lucky players of that week. It is my week to hand out the awards. And now if you've followed along with our South African coverage, you might have recognized these awards before. We do have our Miss Congeniality Award our Ultimate Survivor Award, our Serafina Teachable Moment, and Fashionista of the Week. All right, here we go. What do you want to hear first? I want to know that Fashionista, baby. This week, I have nominated Matt as Fashionista of the Week because, I mean, you notice the powerful stash immediately, but he's also got a mullet, and he's got, you know, both hard looks to pull off because he's got a big old bushy broom handle mustache. Mm. And I mean, come, mullets, you get derision. Yeah. He's fucking rocking both. He looks good. He looks good. Matt's looking good. He's got a great style. Hell yeah. Tell me that Miss Congeniality. I had to give Miss Congeniality this week to Larry because <gasps> Larry. I think he exited the game with a lot of grace. And, you know, I maybe I'm just inclined towards Larry, but I'm sad to see him go. Aren't we all? We miss Larry. Um, I don't know. Are you ending on that? No. Tell me your teachable moment, Cody. Let's play a little Jabulani. Um, my Serafina teachable moment 
was John's master idol conceal. If ever there's a moment that you can learn from in the game of Survivor, it's how to properly snatch that idol with no one else noticing. Hell yeah, that's a good one. And then my ultimate survivor, my Hein Vosloo ultimate survivor of the week award. Gotta give it to Delaney. Climbing trees, making Sweet. fires, building tribal shelters. She fucking brought it this week. Oh, Delaney. Jabulani. All right. Well, with that, we've successfully come back to Maine. Yeah, we're back in Maine. Uh, I think that's everything. I think so. Follow us at INT SurvivorCast on Twitter. Shout out to Peter Westgate, the Revive Survivor UK man. Always in our corner. Always sticking with the pod, even over these long absences. We love you, Peter. And we'll see you next week after episodes three and four. And uh, once we are fully under feet, we'll be pulling up New York as well. And we can't wait to see you on both tips of the East Coast. Once we're fully under feet? Yeah, I don't fucking know. I'm just <laughs> talking. Jabulani. Main Bulani. Jabulani. We have to end on this song every week now, right? Main.